The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Are you ready for a break? Uh, Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broaddus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of The Break. Derek will be joining us here in a little bit. He's running behind. But we have Patrick and Brian here in studio with us. And I'll just follow along Got Derek Derek's recruiting. script. Derek's rundown. <laughs> Got a Derek recruiting sh- uh, shack. What do we got going on here, man? You got him part know. of the mix? Uh, apparently some important meeting. I there don't know go. if he takes part in those decisions, uh, but maybe, I hope that, new, that news is maybe coming out. Maybe helping him choose the lunch uh, menu yeah, for maybe. his lunch with, for Shaq's lunch with Jerry. That'd be good at the club. Maybe. Club food's good. Well, since, oh, we're fantastic. Ta- we're, since we're talking about Shaq, let's go ahead and, and give an update on what's currently going on. Uh, you guys, you got to recruit him now. Everybody, we're, everybody do what they're supposed to do. The yeah. last thing Jerry mentioned on the fan, that he yeah. was going to go have lunch with him yeah. and uh-huh. meet up with him. And then he, he, um, uh, what time is lunchtime? I guess not yet. It's in the next five minutes for you <laughs> guys. Maybe, maybe, that's what, maybe, <laughs> that, maybe that's the real reason they're closing the uh, the, the, the lunch up uh, early today. Yeah. But, yeah, Shaq Leonard, he's in the building. Uh, and like like you said, like Jerry said on 105.3, the fan this morning, um, at that point, which was around 8.30, Shaq was uh, getting a one over once over were done by the medical staff. Uh, obviously, like we talked about yesterday, the Cowboys are um, satisfied with what they've seen up to this point as far as the medical homework on him. That's why they brought him in for a meeting. But now that he's in the building, uh, you got to let Britt Brown and, and this medical staff do their work and their due diligence. And then after that, everything checks out. Then uh, he, Shaq Leonard, will have lunch with Jerry Jones himself, uh, which is another positive sign. Shows you just how in the Cowboys are on trying to get uh, him on the roster. So Have y'all uh, heard any Anything yet on not, how not, the physicals went and the medical part? Still waiting on yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because for all we know, they could still be wrapping up the back end of that. So, sure. I mean, that's not exactly a five minute situation. So, um, we, we should know something uh, in the next couple of hours. Unfortunately, it'll be after we're already off of the air. But hopefully, we'll have some good news for Cowboys fans at some point later today. Um, and like we talked about yesterday, it's a situation where, on top of all the reasons the Cowboys should should sign him, there's the added reason of if he leaves this building without a deal, Philadelphia is on yeah. the other line. Yeah. So if you needed any more motivation, you got it. I got my graphic ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting. There you go. The uh, this it's it's going to come down to the recruiting part of it. You'll you'll win that battle right there. You guys do a great job with the recruiting aspect, the things, the building, the personnel, everybody, the coaches involved. This could come down to how well Adam Pacifica can negotiate and a deal. And, you know, you have more money here in Dallas than Philadelphia has right now. Philadelphia can get creative. They're not afraid to go over the budget, uh, you know, to go get players or to move money around. And, you know, so that's something you have to worry about. So there's a lot of positives about him being here in Dallas but like Patrick says you do not want him to walk out of this building and then all of a sudden show up at the NovaCare Center in Philadelphia and then all of a sudden they're talking about oh well they've got this thing done because they moved some money around and they were able to recruit I really do trust the guys and gals that recruit here do you know what the money I have no idea but it's going to be some you know you're I, I would be surprised it's you know 
Indianapolis is paying the lion's share of what exactly the the contract is. Dallas, I believe, it's like six million dollars cap space. I think Philadelphia's at two. So you're going to have to get somewhat creative with the way you do it. But uh, you know, that's so you got some very talented guys here that handle that. And, and so if they, uh, you know, if if the agent and Adam can agree on a price, I think you'll have a good chance of getting this player. And, and to that point, I love what Jerry told the fan this morning as far as saying the financial component isn't necessarily a big factor in this particular negotiation. And it kind of goes to the fact that the Colts are uh, on the hook for several million dollars yeah. um, when it comes to Shaq. So uh, it's not a situation where the Cowboys have to, you know, blow them out of the water as far as the money is concerned. The money just needs to be um, respectable. It needs yeah. to be at a point where he and his agent are like, okay, okay, we can do that, especially when you package it with the culture. Dan Quinn, former teammates like Brandon Cook, Stephon Gilmore, you get to play on the same defense as Michael Parsons, guys like Osa, Deron Bland is playing behind you. Um, and then, of course, you look at the, the offense and how explosive they've become with Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Brandon Cooks, that who I just mentioned. Um, so, I, yeah, I think that the package, when you then toss in DFW as far as the Metroplex, very attractive area to live, no, st- no state tax in Texas, the package itself is a fairly easy sale. Money is not necessarily going to be a big talking point. It just goes to, like he said, how the contract is structured, well, how the negotiation goes in that aspect. I think the thing, too, you also have to worry hey, about. Derek. The things you have to worry about is expectations, though, for the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, both teams are have aspirations for being in that final game. Yeah. And that's where you're at right now. You, Philly, Philly is ahead of you in that regard. So, you know, those are the things. They're selling, They're selling. hey, you want to come here? Here's the money. You want to win? You know, Dallas can sell the same things. They, I mean, Dallas takes no back seat to Philadelphia. But he's going to have to make a decision on which situation is the absolute best for mm-hmm. him because – both teams are struggling with their linebackers right now. That is a problem for both teams. You know, I'll also throw this out there. Um, we're talking about a guy who's coming off of you know back issues, and and hopefully all checks out well with that. But if I'm Shaq Leonard, I'm going to step into his shoes for a second. So everything else that I said is attractive to Shaq Leonard. If I'm Shaq Leonard, I'm also looking at the the weather component because we're going into the back end of the season. Now we're talking December, January. Uh, would it be more favorable for you coming off of a back issue to play uh, indoors in North Texas versus? outdoors Philadelphia because presumably let's say Philadelphia gets home field advantage as well Um, it's something to consider is what I mean because the cold and at the link ah that's rough in December and January a little more favorable when the dome is when the roof is closed at AT AT&T Stadium and and you get to play in 70 degree controlled temperatures so when you start thinking about like the accessory accessorial items around Mm -hmm. the the easy package that's already the sale I just wonder if he thinks about things like that well you better win the division then because all your games are likely going to be outdoors in the playoffs unless unless you go to Atlanta or to as the fifth seed and and my my point all along is if you can't win if you can't win the division by all means Hang on to the fifth seat. Yeah, don't no fall to six or seven because you'll be playing outdoors in San Francisco. You might be playing indoors in Detroit. You know, if that's the case, mm-hmm. if you fall out of that, it makes fist. it that much more are important we, to defeat the Seahawks. On are Thursday. we missing the most important thing that maybe he's considering, which would be how much what how much playing time he's going to get at each one? Because yeah. Kobe Dean right now is on IR, but he would be coming back presumably. So, is he a short term rental in Philly where? And you know, get to the playoffs, and maybe now he's not even active. Now he's not playing because mm-hmm. Nicole Dean's That's back. Good point. In Dallas, 
their guy's gone for the season. Yeah, you're stepping and, into And so you're stepping into a situation for him where maybe the selling point is, hey, you're going to get a lot more playing time yep. with us. A contending team, just like Philadelphia is a contending team, but their linebacker's coming back, ours isn't. Yeah. And I think that that, that Dan, may be your selling point. Yeah, that's if Dan doesn't take him off the field in the nickel or the dime that they play and, and put on Bell and guys like that. Yeah. that that's the thing that we, we all don't know right now. That was one of the problems he had with the Colts right. is they were taking him off the field in certain passing situations and he didn't want to come off the field. But maybe he plays well enough to where you're like, well, we'll do something else with Bell. And 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 Thomas and other guys that play that linebacker position. Well, we know they play three safeties quite a bit, so maybe you just work Lead them into that rotation, yeah. right? We, listen, we've seen DQ get creative yeah, with, with his guys with flex. So yeah, it's a good problem to have. Just make sure it's a it's a problem that you have because you want to have this problem. Yeah, but that certainly would be my my pitch to him is we got more playing time for you than Philadelphia does, at least in the long term. Certainly by the time we get to the playoffs, and so that may be of interest to him. That may be something he's very interested in. That may be a part of his his factoring of, of where he wants to go. Just well, one so thing we things. do know is what a great salesman Jerry Jones he is. He, can sell, he yeah. is one of the best businessmen. He can sell a drowning man a glass of water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I've seen him do it. I have. I've seen I've seen him do stuff that like, you know, like I didn't think it we were gonna get this done and, and next thing you know, he, Jerry's like, hand me the phone. And then I mean I, I, I watched him one time have two general managers on the phone, and usually in a the draft, they will not tell you who they're going to take. He had two he had two different general managers on the phone, Minnesota and Kansas City, and both general managers told him who he was going to pick. And he hung up the phone. He said, they're not taking our guy. Let's We, we can trade with this team. He got guys to admit who they were going to take. He it, It's amazing the ability he has to draw information and then to convince you that this is the right way to do it. It, it mm-hmm. is. It, it, I've never seen anybody work like he does. It's amazing. It yep. really is. This might sound crazy, but I think he needs to get the bros on the that are on the squad <laughs> to go and have some conversations with him. Like, oh yeah, Harold Nash, and Raymond Chinyo. Th- we thought you were just in the meeting with them. Yeah. yeah well, yeah. there's not a lot. I'm just saying, like, from? that's where that's where this, this can can hinge. Like, make sure, sure. the bros yeah. are spending some time just, with him. Yeah. Throw hey, man, you know. It. Come on over yeah, here. We got some good stuff it. going on in this city. You know, throw I think that helps. Yeah. I, every little bit. <laughs> right. I think every, every little bit. Now, the, the, the rough part is Kobe Dean's also, bro. So, it, yeah, you know, it kind of can yeah. go either way. So it's Jalen Hurts. Exactly. So they got some of that up there, too. But, yeah. Well, gonna be uh, we still have time. So let's go ahead and do yeah. the injury report. We haven't gone through yeah. that just yet. She, yeah, she was. A, she, we started. She, she rebelled against what, you. What are y'all doing? I said, hey, I drew off sides. I drew off sides with comments. If you come in here late, you do not have I, I did not the want this right smoke. I really didn't want this smoke. Yes, I really didn't want this smoke right now. In that kind of way, with that attitude. Okay? I should know better than what yes, you ma'am. just did. Yes, ma'am. I'm with you. Whatever you want to do. I really did. Maybe nine, ten years ago, you got away with that, but not today. No. All right. So injury news. Injury news uh sign check sign uh we got uh <laughs> we're gonna run down the report rico dowdo he's still uh dealing with the ankle injury he was limited on yesterday but he's it's not sidelined him yet thankfully uh he continues to work through his availability should be green uh, a green light for tomorrow thursday against the seahawks dante fowler he was <clears throat> absent with an illness we'll see if he returns today uh if not 
And if that costs him availability on Thursday, obviously look at a guy like Sam Williams taking the lead there. But you'll get an update when the injury report comes out later. Peyton Hendershot, I mean, he continues to be full. Uh, I mentioned it yesterday. I don't. I think people are kind of forgetting that there's a 21-day window uh, for Peyton Hendershot, and the Cowboys are coming up against that. So they're going to have to make a decision on him. Um, if if they don't activate him, he reverts to season-ending injured reserve. Um, the alternative is to put him on the active roster and make a corresponding move. Uh, J. Ron Curse. With the back tightness, he was limited yesterday, but I spoke with Curse in the locker room, asked him straight out, um, what are the odds you play against the Seahawks? He said, quote-unquote, 200%. So there you go. Uh, Zach Martin should be back today from a rest day. So should Tyron Smith, but I, he's, probably, nah, he's not going to practice. Nope. Um, nor should he. Nor yeah, should nor he. Should he. <laughs> Mozzie Smith popped up with a shoulder injury. But he was a full participant on Monday. That's good news. And Tyrus Wheat. Uh, he is in concussion protocol. He did not practice yesterday, and I think that's something to watch absolutely, especially if it's time to flip a spot to, uh, to bring Hendershot in. You might be moving Wheat to IR. Yeah, depending gonna, on how about how a linebacker? Mm. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, unless, you know, yeah, practice That, that may be your spot. But then then the question at, to ask is, you can ask do you guys see the scenario, a scenario where maybe Hendershot doesn't come back to the active roster? Yeah. Do you see that as a possibility? Yeah, it's hard to see him with a. It's hard to see him with a role. Like I hate saying that, but right now how things have been playing out with the tight end position, it's hard for me to find a spot. Like when would I have him on the field? When would I take someone else out and put him in? Yeah, that's McEwen drives me crazy. (laughs) 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 To uh, to uh, quote a fine young cannibal song, she drives me crazy. it, These young people don't know what that is. Yeah, they, they were good back in the day. They really were. <laughs> I'm with you, though. But, you know, and, and I, I'm, I'm wrong about these guys a lot, but I kind of felt like that I was hopeful that Hendershot would come back and they would kind of switch those two out. That's what I was hopeful for. I still haven't given up on McKeon. No, he's no. kind of like an up and down type of player. Nice like, gum you, on you your shoe. Know. You can't get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. You know, you're like you're mad the gum is on your shoe, and then you finally like I can't get the gum off but is my there shoe. Anything but at some good point about gum, gum being on your shoe though? Like there's some good to him, right? I think, right? No, no, he plays special teams and all that. <laughs> I, I like the fact that they're using uh, they're using. Uh, Hunter Lipke more yeah. in like those fullback roles. Yeah. Hunter Lipke is learning to like, listen, you go in there sideways and try and block somebody, you are going to get rejected yeah. out of there. You're going to get knocked out of there. So he's kind of figured out like, okay, if I go in there and hit square, you know, I might get knocked out, but I'm not going to get knocked out as fast. Yeah. So he's learning. He does it better than what I see from McEwen. You know, but McEwen plays special teams and all that. And, you know, when you fight special teams coaches on players, it's it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. They, just, they just they look at you and they're like, OK, whatever. <laughs> I'm still playing the guys. I don't care what you say. For me, it's, it's difficult to justify not reactivating him, um, if only for two reasons. One, you still want to see if you can um, if he can step in and be another playmaker for you and Dak Prescott. But uh, to that same point. You need to see what he looks like over the remainder of this year because in the offseason, guess who's coming back? John Stevens Jr. And John Stevens was a highlight guy yeah. in training camp and preseason before he suffered his torn ACL. <laughs> so you really need to see before that decision has to be made. What can Peyton Hendershot do for you in year two? Uh, and you're not going to find that out if you keep him on season ending, yeah. uh, if you put him on season ending IR. So, you know, put him on the field and um, flip Tyrus Weed if, if that concussion is. Uh, 
you know, going to hold him out, put him on four-game IR, feel it out from there. Uh, what and, do you do with that linebacker? I was going to say, but okay. keep in mind, I mean, you could sign Shaq to, to the practice squad, um, and you'll have him there, and then that at least gives you a week or so to try to figure out whatever else you need to figure out. Because it's all just roster chess. Yeah, he's not he's not going to play this week. Right, if you exactly. Sign no. so, and it's true. all just That's roster true. chess at this point. So, um, so yeah, I, you I know, think you bring him My up. problem is – and I absolutely agree. Like, I think you should, ha- we should get another look before the season ends. Exactly. Yeah. But, <clears throat> excuse me, it's very rare uh, that a guy comes back from injury <clears throat> and is effective on the field immediately. We're heading into the start of December, mm-hmm. and that's a tough month. We ain't got time and to be cold. trying out, let's <laughs> trial and error, go in there, check it out, how you feeling? We don't have time for any of that. Damn, you're and not I wrong. Feel, I, I mean, it's not fair to the player sometimes, but, but it is what it is. That, that's how it is. So if we were, if it was like late October, I would be fine. But looking where we're at currently right now, it's just it's it's tough to McCarthy. see. You sound just like oh, it, like no. I love my players. I don't want to move. I don't but, want to move. I mean, it's just like but, but you're not wrong, right? You're, it's you're just not the wrong. timing of it. It's yeah, just you the don't timing. want to put somebody out there that in 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 Buffalo all of a sudden like falls apart in the game, yeah. you know, and it costs you an opportunity to win like a because drop you're trying to down or something. Yeah, like because it. you're don't, trying to you know you're trying to like oh we need to get this guy back in the yeah. mix. Whereas if you've had all these other guys that have been playing with you. You know, the majority of the season. It's a good point. Early the in. gum dries up at some point, and it doesn't stick on the floor anymore. I still don't know how to get gum off the shoe. <laughs> it just stops. Goo gone. It just stays there, but Facts. it doesn't stick on the ground anymore. You ever gone to sleep and, like, gum got in your hair? It fa- comes out of your mouth? No, your I don't fall asleep with gum in my mouth. Yeah, it hasn't happened to me yet. <laughs> that happened to you, clearly, oh, yeah. from experience. Oh, yeah. If you drink enough, it will. <laughs> there are some stories. Facts. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we're going to get into Brian. Lions break down the Seattle office versus the Dallas defense. We'll be back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a shoulder to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks, girl. Better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper... 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find Find a location near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Back to the break. All right. Uh, today's Tuesday, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. Tis the season for youth football and dance camps presented by Avisalign. Don't miss your chance to learn from the Dallas Cowboys cheerleader and former NFL players at AT&T Stadium on December 22nd and 23rd. Celebrate the holidays with the Cowboys. Register today at DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Welcome back. It is the second segment of The Break Live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. I've resumed hosting responsibilities, and this segment is brought to you by Blockchain.com. You know what? <laughs> you know what? The next time I don't you... have a comeback well, for the, that. The next time he says, "Because uh, you've you've created this show and you've held it down for like fifty years, fifty season nineteen. Okay. I guess okay. you didn't Shot lead with back. the season nineteen, huh? You know, I can't tell. <laughs> you don't care about, don't care about it. <laughs> it's been a long time, but and you kept it. You kept it, and you. I'm the last yeah. surviving yeah, member you're the of last the break. Surviving. Yeah, so. <laughs> that counts for something. All right, Brian. I'll tell you what, by the way, I think Nick is really enjoying this storyline thing is. a lot. And, and he's like really getting into it like he's I was talking about Paul Feinbaum and these guys that take calls and yeah. stuff. Nick's building quite a an audience with his show. You yeah, know, getting yeah. the same some familiar callers and stuff like that. So yeah, he's he's really enjoying that. I, and it's a good show. Yeah, my, good my mom told me when she when she was here for Thanksgiving, she's like, I listen to Nick's show. I like yeah, it. Yeah. And I said, you know, to be honest with you, I've not seen Nicky and you know this because you've been around Nick for a long time. Nick can be a little moody at times. I said I, was, I have not <laughs> seen Nick as happy. Yeah. I've not seen Nick as happy on a show ever on a show. as as he is this year. And I think that show has a lot to do with what it. What surprises really me never is that he Nikki. hasn't gone off on a caller. <laughs> I know. Because he has I was that kind about of that. attitude. Oh, no, he has, he, that, he, has that ability, he can, yeah. He can get in those moments yeah. when he's like, I've had enough. Whoever calls in is going to get it. Yeah. Whatever they say, they're going to get it. But, no, he hasn't. You're right. He's he been very, very patient. There was a Heisman yeah. Trophy question today, and he asked the guy if he listens, if he follows college football. He said, yeah, I do a little bit. And he said who was candidate for us for the trophy and you could tell nick was about ready to explode but he was just very calm about it he goes okay well hey thanks for the call <laughs> you don't watch much college football i can tell and uh, <laughs> it's shot. made him way more patient but I, I think that show is really good, is good I, I listen in sometimes it's a it really is. good show. It's a fun show. Is a good show all right let's talk about the seattle seahawks brian let's talk about their offense um they were held under 300 yards yeah. passing three of the last Four games against Baltimore, only 123 yards. Yeah. Washington was the outlier with 369, right. but at the Rams, 223. San Francisco, 130, 
Two, San what was the difference San between Fr- watching all those other games? Yeah, San Francisco smothered them. We, yeah. we, we've seen how San Francisco can smother you in a game, and they're, they made it really uh, they made it difficult. For was it rest- about the pass rush, or, or was it about? It was about the coverage. Okay, it coverage. was about the coverage, because then what happens is coverage turned into guys getting home. They've got some issues on their offensive line, especially at right tackle, are the problems that they deal with. I will say this. To me, their offense is really predicated on their wide receivers. Uh, you know they're they're struggling right now with the health of a running back, which I think can make a difference. Uh, Kenneth Walker, I, I feel like watching him on tape. When you start to talk about hand the ball to a guy, downhill runner, be physical. I call him a no nonsense kind of a runner. I mean he he's, he excels between the tackles. That's kind of his game. But this this team is really built because of their wide receivers. Their offense is built because of their wide receivers. So it's going to be important that if you somehow come up with a plan, much like what Baltimore did, much like San Francisco, they challenged DK Metcalf. You know, they challenged uh, these uh, uh, Smith and Jigba. They, they challenged these guys to, to have to make plays. And, and, you know, that's the thing I've always, uh, when you watch these teams, I, I think it's one of the most talented group of receivers, though, that, that they've they've faced this year. Philadelphia's got super talent. San Francisco's got super talent. But when you look at these guys and what they, it's really it's a mix of extreme size and quickness. And I mean extreme when it's really one big guy and a couple other little guys. Yeah. And they they will they will hurt you uh, if you don't cover them up. They they're not as consistent. I will say this: uh, Medcalf is not as consistent. There's times when. You see the deep shot, and if you look at the metrics and all that deep balls, he's not the the number of targets to receptions is not great, but there's a lot of deep shot balls, and they miss on those, the ones that I saw. That's something you're absolutely going to have to be ready for in this game. But I, I tell you what, they're they're the two smaller receivers are you know it's when you talk about Tyler Lockett and Smith and Jigba, it the, these are tough cover guys because of the quickness that they play with and their ability to find space. So you play zone against them. They'll kind of sit down and and Geno Smith will find a way to get them the football. And so that's where I think this game is really going to hinge for the for the Cowboys. We'll see if Walker plays in the running game for them. If he doesn't uh, Charbonneau is the is the is the backup, uh, the rookie from UCLA, and he's more of a straight line kind of a runner. But these wide receivers are the ones that I'm worried about right now. Can you match up against them? Can you run with them? Can you cover them when you play quite as much man coverage as the Cowboys do? So when you think about that from the standpoint of the skill set of this particular, the Cowboys secondary, and think about what they do well, what they don't do well, how do they match up with those receivers? Yeah, well, the the thing about it is you're not. There's no one you really can match up the size of Metcalf. That's that's that's. You're just going to have to go battle him, and you're going to. And sometimes this guy will drop the ball. Yeah, he I mean, he, yeah. he'll drop it, and you're like, oh, thank God. You know, one of those things. But the thing about it is that I, I the things that I do always worry about, and we've seen with Lewis, and we've seen a little bit with Gilmore. It hasn't been as much, and I'm, I'm, I, I, I was waiting for someone to really challenge him on those in-breaking routes where he has to chase. This could be one of those games where Seattle forces Lewis – and Lewis and then Gilmore to have to chase. And when I say the inside, those in-breaking routes right there, you know, all of a sudden you get in a bunch formation, they scatter, and now the routes come, you know, come one drives hard to the inside. Now you have to react and go with. Mm-hmm. 
I think that I think that when you talk about Bland, Bland can run with anybody. Bland can play the ball. Bland can, you know, he he he's comfortable going across the field because he's a really good nickel player. He knows how to play all the field. With Gilmore and then with Lewis, it's going to be can they hold up with those in breaking routes? If they do, this is how San Francisco was able to stop, and this is how Baltimore was able. They didn't they didn't allow those routes from their smaller, quicker players to affect them in this game. Yep. All right. Um, talking about Geno Smith, yeah. uh, he's had the elbow injury now. He injured, sustained it two weeks ago. Right. Did that? It, did you see anything in the San Francisco game that made you think that's part of the problem? Because obviously you said that they smothered them a bit. They smothered them. But, but yeah. with the injury, it's on his throwing hand, right. on his throwing arm. Right. Is that a part of the the equation as well? And that's something that maybe could benefit the Cowboys that he's maybe not throwing the ball as well as he was throwing it before. I think the thing with with Gino, it it didn't look any different. The way there was some questions about the accuracy because of the way that they were playing the coverage and how tight it was. So, but I've seen him when you go back and watch him play the Rams the week before. The Rams didn't play him as tight. We've all seen the Rams out here. The Rams sometimes don't cover you, and he was able to like he he looked much better throwing the ball in that game. Even some of the tight window stuff, it wasn't as it wasn't as evident that there was the struggles there. But I, I it, to me, the guy could still throw the ball on the rope. I, I mean, I, it, there's anticipation there. There's what does some that time. Mean? Throw it on the rope, yeah. On the line, yeah. Okay. He could, he could really, he could throw it on the line right there. So, uh, you know, with the anticipation, the timing, and all that, he's got feel for that stuff. I do feel like his accuracy will come and go, and, and, and but you know, he's one of those guys that to me, you watch him play, and he can it go, it, the accuracy go up and down, or he will just light you up the way he plays. So I. The thing I worry about a little bit with him is the escapability in the pocket. There he's got is. the size, the body type. He's not one of these guys that's going to allow defenders to bring him down easily. He's going to move. He's sturdy in the pocket in the way he plays. But there's snaps where he will hold on to the ball, and he will take a sack. And the 49ers got after him pretty good because they knew that if we cover their guys, that he was going to hold the ball, and then you have to get after him that way. I think the Cowboys need the absolute same type of plan. Hold up in the secondary, make him hold the ball, and then get the pass rush on this right side of this uh, of this uh, Seattle offensive line. Like I said, they've struggled with the right tackle spot at a couple different uh, – Jason Peters has played over there. He got hurt. It looks like he'll be okay. Storm, uh, Stone Forsyth is the uh, tackle that kind of has been starting. Uh, he started seven of the 11 games. And he's a guy that tends to play a little high. He's a really tall guy, and he has, and that gives him problems because guys get underneath him. They drive him to the quarterback, or they get underneath him and get to the quarterback. So the right side of the offensive line is where you need to attack these guys, and hopefully you can cover in the back end to get your uh, to get your guys coming off that left side home on them. And then what I would say is, um, or what I'll add to that is. It- and you can't say this about every NFL quarterback, but I believe you can say it about Geno Smith in this particular situation. Um, stop the run and make them make the Seahawks imbalanced um, for a couple reasons. One, like Brian said, the right side of that offensive line, it, it can be had, uh, yeah. especially with the way the Cowboys uh, apply pressure to quarterbacks. But if you go back and you look at the last four games of the Seahawks, three of those losses held to 28 rushing yards by the Ravens. That was a loss. Held to 68 rushing yards by the Rams. Mm-hmm. That was a loss. Uh, 88 yards rushing, a little bit better by the 49ers but most of that was after the game was already out of hand so if you can stop the run 
um, for the Seattle Seahawks. You force the game on uh, Geno. You will have to deal with the escapability component yeah. of it, but this is a guy who's not completely healthy. We don't know what the if the elbow injury is hampering or dampening what he can do, but the fact is it's there. So that means it's there for him mentally as well. He doesn't want to have to take the hit. He doesn't want to have to make the throw. He doesn't want to make, et cetera, et cetera. Apply pressure to him. Make him overthink it. Make him play hero ball because also two turnovers against the Ravens, a turnover against the Rams, two turnovers against the 49ers. Make Geno win the game for the Seahawks, and that will give you opportunities for guys like De'Ron Bland to take the ball away. Get home. Maybe Michael Parsons sack fumble. Sam Williams sack fumble. Yeah. Uh, Osage saw with a Jonathan Hankins multi-set game. So you can get pressure up front, but you got to stop that run. Otherwise, he's going to be way too comfortable back there with weapons like Metcalf, Lockett, and JSN. Let's take our final break when we come back. I want to know more about these running backs. Kenneth Walker was a guy that, that last year seemed to be really, really playing really well. Yeah. This year they've been a little less effective. I want to know more about maybe why Kenneth Walker hasn't been as effective this year and what kind of challenges does uh, Zach Jar- Charbonnet uh, provide mm-hmm. Uh, that you'd have to be ready for. We'll talk about that when we come back. DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil change, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. 
Experience the most electrifying event in the, of the holiday season. It's the Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza. Powered by Reliant. Every Friday and Saturday night from November 17th through December 16th, Cowboys Christmas Extravaganza ignites the star in Frisco with an unforgettable holiday performance showcasing 65 performers, including the world-renowned Cowboy, Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders, Santa Claus, and appearance from your favorite Dallas Cowboy football heroes. Visit thestardistrict.com for more info today. Welcome back. It is the final segment of the break live from the SWBC. You missed, you missed both of your extravaganza opportunities. Uh, that's because Amber was over talking to me about lunch. Oh, you see how? He I mean, I can't, I can't even get through stuff because he's, he's like distracted. talking to me like, hurry up. Business. We got lunch. No, we got to get to lunch. I was minding my so, own business. I was like, let me leave the extravaganza out. Extravaganza. I'm, I'm trying to and then he interrupts accommodate me. Amber. Well, here's he crosses your she, the you line get, up you the get desk. One in. Is she he trying to extravaganza? Is she trying to get this show over at 45 exactly? She is. He's like, she's like, do not make me miss lunch. He's over here showing me the lunch menu. (laughs) What do you guys got today? We got Nashville hot fried chicken. All right. Sounds pretty good, doesn't it? But today we're on a Friday schedule, which means we only have like five minutes to get lunch, which means we cannot end this show late because then they will not let us go through and you do not want... Hungry. People I want to know what Shaq's me. having. No, I do not. Yeah. I want to know what Shaq's having. Go to the club. Oh, yeah, upstairs. Yeah. Oh, they're in the club. For yeah. Sure. Like, oh, absolutely. That, I should go that there wagyu. That wagyu burger is pretty good up there. Start barking. Hundred fifty dollars like, steak. If, if yeah. any of us yeah. can do that, it's you. You think? Yeah. We can know. I get away with it? We know. Yeah. All right. I might try it. Let's see what happens. Let's give it a shot. <laughs> Just walk up like, what, what's going on? We got a deal? Just slide in there like, yeah. bro, we got a deal? Yeah. Like, bro, man, from the, from the fifth floor. I, 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 would, I would plop down and order the Wagyu burger up oh. there they have. It's, it's actually really, really good. It's yeah. really good. Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, let's talk about the uh, running backs. I want you to give me yeah. a, an idea, Brian, of... Obviously, Kenneth Walker is a guy that, that's that's been good. Worry about him a little bit. Uh, him yeah. and Zach Charbonnet. What, what what kind of problems do they present for the Cowboys? Well, the thing with Kenneth Walker, and they're both kind of like powerful guys when it comes to running. I, I said this about Walker. If you go up there and try to kind of just half-ass tackle, he's going to run through you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to go up there and be committed to being able to like put a shoulder in there, get bodies onto him. Uh, you know, I, I called him, like I said, a no-nonsense runner. And, you know, he'll break a lot of tackles because of his running style, the lower body power. Uh, you know, I, I think that's something that, you know, they hand him the ball. They play a lot of pistols, so he's right behind. They'll hand him the ball. He'll just kind of he'll commit either inside, bounce a little bit. I think he's got a little bit more movement than what you have with Charbonneau. Charbonneau, to me, is a – when UCLA, I, and, and it's funny, Patrick and I were talking, we were all talking about running backs. But you watched him, what Chip Kelly was doing with him at, at UCLA. They gave him the ball over 500 times in two years. So they just – it was downhill, downhill, straight ahead, straight ahead. And that's the kind of back he is. He can handle that workload. So that's, that's something – both these backs have an element of a power game to them. Can their offensive line I, – I look at this offensive line, and to me it's very push-shove. And I mean push-shove, it's like they come off the ball, they get in their guy, and they try, and then they put, and then they, and then they try and shove the guy wherever they want to go. It's not like connect and then drive or combination blocks or get to the second level. It's like secure the down guys first and then let the backs deal with whatever else is behind, the linebackers, because you'll see guys just – locked on their guys but it's not like traditional blocking it's in the guy push push oh you want to go that way i'm just going to push you that way yeah 
there's not a lot of rhyme or reason to their scheme in the way that they run. They really rely on their backs to be able to break tackles or to to get extra yards. Yeah. So and which goes back to the point: stop the run if you're Dallas Cowboys, so that you can force this game in the air. But something that Brian mentioned a little bit earlier that we want to make sure that the Cowboys fans are paying attention to is the status of Kenneth Walker. He's yeah. dealing with an oblique injury. Oh, yeah. He did not participate in mm-hmm. yesterday's practice. Um, so you know there's a possibility that either he will not play at all or he'll be kind of hindered by that oblique injury and that will put a lot of onus on Zach Charbonnet uh, who during the break I was saying I was so high on Charbonnet. Catches the ball well. He's absolutely he was one of the guys he was the second running back that I wanted Uh, if we couldn't get a chain we didn't get either which is fine but Charbonnet he he did a lot of good things for UCLA Um, and the thing about him is being a downhill runner he's he's surprisingly good with his hands as well yeah so he can catch the ball out of the backfield so you know keep that in mind as well um, but he's he's as talented as any other running back in the league. But Kenneth Walker, keep an eye on that. Oblique injury. Yeah. We'll see if he even plays this game. Yeah, the, the word out of Seattle is that they they maybe they won't practice him, but they'll play him. Mm. That kind of thing. That they felt like that maybe they didn't have to have him on the field. We'll see. Yeah. Thursday's a short week. It'll it's here before we know it. They might determine, you know, we can't you know, but they also might say we can't lose any more games. Yeah. You know, they're in that situation too. So players this time of year kind of step up when they might not be exactly ready to and play. And oblique is, is, is tough when yep. uh, you you take a shot to the oblique that's already kind of injured. That's uh, <laughs> ain't fun. Yeah, that ain't fun at all. It's so if, if you're if you're Kenneth Walker, that's something to consider as well because this is a, a Cowboys defense and de- defensive line that can beat up on you physically. And they typically do beat up on their opposition. If you look at what happens to their opposition in the, the weeks to follow playing the Dallas Cowboys, that injury report tends to grow. Yeah, all things considered, Marquise Bell, I think, has played fairly well yeah. as a uh, as a linebacker. Have you guys seen anything that would make you be concerned about him matching up with size and power, powerful running backs, that kind of thing? Uh, because that was one of the things that you always were concerned about is he's not, he's not really a typical linebacker size. But if you face a team that maybe where the backs are a little more powerful, they're willing to put their shoulder down and run into you, like, do you see that being a problem for Bell? Better away than at. Yeah. Better player when it when he can chase, you know, when the ball goes wide. Right. Maybe it's a little bit off the edge, perimeter play. Better on the chase. Now, I'll tell you what, the, the thing that with him and, and Clark, both of them, when you watch them play run defense inside, when the ball is inside, they'll step up. The problem is it's a 215, 16-pound guy taking on 320-pound guards yep. and stuff like that. It's not a fair fight. It's not a fair fight. So that's where, to me, I, I, you know, you go out, you try, and you're trying to sign a Shaq Leonard just because you, you're missing that element of having Leighton Vanderich. Yes, you're missing because you can have one guy play light, you can't have two guys play light. Yeah, that's the problem they're dealing with right now. Yep. All right, I have one more question for you guys before we end the show. Deron Bland. Uh, we obviously have talked about Deron Bland. And, what? And, 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 and I'm running for like a I'm opening a new topic, and we got yeah. like three and a half He's minutes. Like, let's just kill some time. Let's just go ahead Watch and me kill some time. Here yeah. for okay, minutes. so here's the question. This is a big question, too. Okay. Is Deron Bland a legitimate candidate for Defensive Player of the Year? Absolutely. 
I think anyone who doesn't have him in the conversation loses credibility. Uh, I mean, he's on a historic run. Um, and, yeah, it's a, it's a um, an award that's typically dominated by pass rushers. And this year, look at the front runners. They're pass rushers, household names, Miles Garrett, uh, T.J. Watt. The list goes on and on. Um, but there's no justifiable way to keep a guy with five pick sixes through 11 games out of the conversation for defensive player of the year. Metrics will tell you that five pick sixes are worth 20 sacks. That would make him the all of the leader in the division yeah. or the leader and in the NFL. How many games left? Yeah, right? that would be yeah. so. If you if you're if you're one of those guys and gals that believe in metrics, and I always mm-hmm. say that 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 that's what that equates to. Those pick sixes equate to four sacks of pick six. So he's got 20 of those sacks. If you want to do that kind of math. Who came up with that math? There's people that come up with all kinds of theories. <laughs> <I mean, laughs> he's so random. Let's just say that's worth three sacks. Well, they, 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 it's the way these people with metrics yeah. and they create they create formulas and yeah, stuff they're like it against like EPA yeah, they're, like yeah, like they're the they're, they're absolutely points. saying yeah what he what he's doing on the defensive side. You have to find a way to be able compare to, it, to compare yeah. what his what he's doing as a defended as a defensive back. Yeah, yeah. I wonder I if we, I don't know how he could not be in the conversation for that, for Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, just it is extremely hard to just get one interception, let alone run and make it to the end yeah. zone and get a touchdown every yeah. time um, he's had those. So it's that that is so difficult, and it's so impressive the way – and it's happening in year two. This is yes. his second year in, in the league, in the NFL, yes, at a whole different level, and he's managed – the new role with Trevon Diggs coming out with the injury, he's managed taking over that role extremely well. He's had those moments where last game, Brian, you talked yeah. about it yesterday. Um, they went after he, him a little he, bit, yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, and everyone has those type sure. of games. There are games that you don't have in Micah Parsons yeah. really yeah. showing yeah. up so that well. Yeah. yeah, so, but looking through the whole season as a whole he's had an excellent fantastic year yeah it's kind of like the same argument you would trying to get Dak into the mvp candidate you know you yep. got to find a way to keep winning games you got to find a way to this next run of games you got to find a way to beat guys that you're competing against you know you got to find a way to beat jalen hurts he didn't beat you know the guy in uh, san francisco who's up there for the opportunity of that but you got to find a way to uh you know, guys like that. You got to find a way to win these games, and then, you know, it's the voters say, "Well, look, it's a dominant team, dominant player." You know, even though I I, I do believe with my heart that a three loss guy is going to win the Heisman Trophy this weekend. Yeah. You know, at, at LSU, and you know, so we'll see. I mean, but it, it it happens. But usually, it's teams that have players on winning teams. That get these awards. One thing to note is uh, Deron Bland. He only has to look across the field to see a guy that did it. Uh, you look at uh, what uh, Stephen Gilmore, Gilmore did back in 2019. Yeah. He was Defensive Player of the Year, yeah. and that year he had six interceptions. Only two of them returned mm-hmm. for a touchdown. Right. He had 20 pass defenses. Uh, in comparison, right. Bland has 13 pass defenses. Five interceptions. I mean, sorry, six interceptions did, and five returned for a did touchdown. Did the Patriots yeah. win the Super Bowl that year? Uh, Is that we're 19, doing? 2019, was that right? 2019. I don't remember. I'm trying to remember. I can't remember. They were in the hunt. That was when they were still I can't remember relevant. I lunch or <laughs> that was definitely when they were relevant. But, but yeah, I think I do think that that's a part of it. Like, you, you look at it, it's possible when you're having that much production. Certainly, you got five pick sixes, and it's a historic record, something that 
that nobody else in the history of the league has ever done. I think that makes the case as much as anything else for him to win defensive player. Of well, the year. really, and, and a couple things. One, if if you're having the defensive player of the year conversation and you don't have Deron Bland in it, you're telling on yourself. In fact, um, but what was what would be fun if would be if the NFL adopted something from MLB war. I'm interested to see, like, for a player like Deron Bland, what would be his win over replacement right now? I yeah. think that would be a fun stat to kind of adopt at the NFL level. But, uh, again, to your point, there's just no way you can't have Deron, that you don't have Deron Bland in your DPOR conversation. At least in the conversation. Even if he doesn't win, he should be in the conversation. All right. We appreciate you guys joining. 2018, the last year. Yeah, 2018. The 2018, they won the Super Bowl. They, yeah, they yeah. won the Super Bowl, yeah. Okay. They, beat, uh, they beat the Rams, and then the following year, Kansas City beat San Francisco. Yeah. All right. We appreciate you joining us. We'll be back tomorrow. We'll jump into Seattle's defense versus the Cowboys offense. Till then, Patrick Walker, Walker <laughs> brought us. How hungry are you? It's time to eat. Amber Garcia. Waffle? Patrick Waffle? Right. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break, live on DallasCowboys.com radio. Belgian. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!